Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. So please go to FastGrowingTrees.com. Use promo code BILL at checkout. Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News for Monday, October 3rd, 2022. Stand up for your country. So I was on the uh, Clay and Buck show, radio show today, talking about killing the legends, doing a big uh, nationwide tour to promote the book. And it's going very well. Thank you for uh, if you checked it out. Anyway, on the program, uh, we got into the discussion about uh, America and what the government is in place to do. And only two things, as you know, I'm a simple man and, and I, I break all of the BS down to what the essence of it is. The, the federal, state and local government exists for only two reasons. Number one, to protect us from terrorists, from Putin, from Mexico, from criminals in our neighborhoods to protect us. So we pay taxes to the governments to apply a measure of protection for our families and ourselves. That's number one, why they exist. Number two is design a pathway to prosperity for all American citizens so that we can improve our lives economically and in other ways as well, faith-based, educationally, whatever it may be to design a pathway so each American citizen can be prosperous. That's it. That's why the governments exist. It's why we pay taxes to the government. Well, it's breaking down. And that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. Public safety in the big cities is vanishing. It is a dangerous, deadly situation. The reason it is vanishing is because in many places in the country, progressive law enforcement agents have seized power. And many of these people here in New York City, four out of the five district attorneys, do not believe in punishing criminals, violent or otherwise. They don't believe in it, yet they're in law enforcement. And they are bringing in a woke um, program to deal with criminal justice matters. That is beyond dispute. There's no dispute that's happening. 
in the major cities in this country. And therefore, violent crime has rocketed because the criminals themselves are not being held accountable. They are allowed to roam around the streets. Okay? Documented a thousand different ways. And if anybody tells you that's not happening, they are lying to you. Walk away. But even worse than that is the lower level people who are destroying quality of life in our cities. These are the drug addicts. It used to be if you were a drug addict, you were a pariah. You were looked down upon. You were scorned in many areas. Now, there is a uh, percentage of medical people who say, well, it's a disease. And I subscribe to that in the sense that some people are much more susceptible to addiction, whether it's alcohol or drugs, than others. It's absolutely true. You can smoke pot a lot and maybe not be addicted, but then other people smoking that kind of pot would be crazy addicted. However, you acquire that disease. You do not catch it. You have to seek the disease. And at this point in our culture, everybody knows if you take fentanyl, you may die. If you take heroin, you will be a slave. If you take cocaine, that's likely to happen as well. Everybody knows that. Not reefer madness, that crazy movie uh, decades ago. Okay, so right now, according to the Edge Treatment Center, which has done an extensive study, there are 22 million Americans suffering from active abuse disorder in America. 22 million. That's a lot of people. Authorities in San Francisco, L.A., New York, Chicago, Philadelphia, on and on and on, have allowed those people to set up camps, to live on the streets, to live on private property, where they do whatever they want. So if you have a townhouse in San Francisco that leads down to the street, you could have five people at the bottom of your stoop going to the bathroom injecting narcotics, doing whatever they want to do all night long. They're intoxicated, but you, the San Francisco homeowner, can't do anything about it because the police will not move them. This is quality of life. It's like an army of zombies, and they've moved into every major city in this country, and even some minor cities. The homeless encampments. Now, homeless. Okay, why are you homeless? Well, 66%, according to the American Addiction Center, of homeless people have histories of drug or alcohol abuse. Two-thirds. Two-thirds. They're not homeless because they don't have any money. They don't have any money because they're buying narcotics or drinking a quart of gin every day or whatever they're doing. They can't function, can't hold a job, all right? They can't buy a house, rent an apartment, because all the money they get goes to junk. They want to get high all the time. That's all they want to do. Yet these people are being allowed to erode the quality of life in our nation.
There's no sanctions for them. Oh, oh, we'll, we'll do a, build a rehab center. Clue. Most of the 22 million addicted do not want to stop getting high. They don't want it. Now, San Antonio, Texas has, has started a center outside of town, big 22-acre facility to house, feed, and give these people at least a semblance of a normal life. But most of the addicts don't want to go there because they can't get high there. They go there, they can't use drugs. They don't want to go there. So billions and billions and billions of dollars have been poured into rehab centers and this program and that program. In L.A., they're going to give you an apartment. Right? They don't want it unless they can get high. Okay? So you, you want to build them a house, give them a house? Okay, well, they're going to sit in the house all day and get high. They're not going to be productive. Now, that'll get them, if we gave them all homes, 22 million of them, that would get them off the street and then they'd be getting high in their homes and dying in their homes, by the way. They don't care whether they live or die. If you're an addict, you're self-destructive. You don't care about your life. You don't care about anything other than getting high. So right now we're in a uh, position where about 580,000 people have experienced some kind of homelessness, according to the National Alliance to End Homelessness. So we're, we're bumping up, uh, you know, to a, a level where it's just overwhelming people. Now, there is a solution to the problem because we had this problem under control 20 years ago. So you give the homeless person a choice. You go to a center, a rehabilitation center, and we'll take you there, where you'll get some treatment about your problem and you'll get food and shelter and an environment where you're not threatened. Or you go to jail. Either or. That's it. Now, in both cases, they're not going to be able to get high, so they will flee. They will not be on the streets anymore under the bridges or on the stoop of the San Francisco apartment. They're going to split as they were 20 years ago and go into the shadows. Because it's either jail, you're not going to get high. In some places you will, but that's corruption. Or the center, the rehab center, where you're not going to get high. In conjunction with that, the various municipalities triple the prison time for dope dealers. So the first step in getting these homeless out of wherever they are is to arrest all the dealers that are selling the junk. Sweep them. Get them out of there. Because the homeless in downtown L.A., or wherever they are in New York City, aren't going to stay there if there's nobody selling them narcotics. They're going to disperse. They're going to go other places where the drugs are. But now the authorities don't even prosecute drug dealers. You can sell fentanyl and heroin on the street. Nothing will happen to you. This is insane. Never used to be this way. But this is what the progressives have brought to us. Now, do I, O'Reilly, feel sorry for the drug addict? I do. It is just a revolting way to live your life. 
you are rejecting God because God has given you talents. Every human being has them. And you have just wasted all of them. You are hurting other people who love you. How many children are harmed by drug addicts indirectly? My God. So those people should be pitied. But I'm not letting them run wild. That's not happening if I'm in charge. And anybody who says the opposite and you still vote for them, it's on you. And finally, all this murder and mayhem, drug gangs, the people who direct the narcotic sales, kill each other and anybody else that gets in the way. That's who's doing it. And they're armed all over the place. Why? Because cops can't stop and frisk anymore. That's why. All of this goes back to the progressives. And now I'm going to prove it. Um, That's the memo, by the way. So in Philadelphia, which is just out of control crime-wise, there is a DA, and he is the worst. Larry Krasner is his name. He gave an interview, roll of tape. More and you are a reformed and- district attorney. Everybody, everybody in the country knows that. But maybe it's not working. It is working. The reality is that our conviction- thousand people killed in 20 months. The, it is working. The reality is, when you look at all these different jurisdictions, we've had a devastating blow from the pandemic, and there is absolutely no correlation between being progressive or traditional and the rate of crime. These states in the United States that have a rate of homicide that is 40% higher are MAGA states. That's not true. The guy just lies. So they, and, and Newsom in California is saying the same thing. MAGA states are where the center of, of violent crime is. Okay, let me run it down for you. The way they spin this is, in a state like Mississippi, which is rural, there is not one big city in Mississippi. Biloxi on the coast, all right, it's a little, little place. Jackson. All right, they have a high murder rate based on population. So they a low population, and then they have murder, so they say, well, look at the higher murder rate in Mississippi. It's not raw numbers, it's percentage. There's a Republican governor there. Okay, so that's what this guy Krasner is saying. Louisiana, another high murder rate. Why? Because of New Orleans. But that's a Democratic governor. All right, Alabama, same thing. Birmingham. And they have a Republican governor, but it's rural crime. It's based on a percentage of population. Population is low. Missouri, Republican governor. St. Louis, run by liberal Democrats skews all the numbers because it's the one, one of the most dangerous cities on earth, St. Louis. And so it goes down and down and down and down. The truth is the top 10 cities in the USA are run by Democrats or independents. No Republicans in the top 10 most dangerous cities in the USA, no Republicans in charge. Those cities are St. Louis, Detroit, Baltimore, Memphis, Little Rock, Milwaukee, Rockford, Illinois, Rockford, Illinois, Cleveland, Ohio, Stockton, California, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Again, this is based upon population and how many people are murdered or victims of crime. No Republicans in charge. So Krasner and, and, and Newsom and all these people, they're just lying to you. 
and people can see with their own eyes what's happening. If you live in New York or Chicago or L.A., you have to you have to know. And who's suffering the most? Black, poor Americans. That's who's getting gunned down. Finally, the reason this is all happening is because the corrupt corporate media will report it. So it's a blackout. That's the reason there's no outrage about it. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Now, President Biden, of course, should be on this like crazy. Forget it. He's a progressive. He's never going to go against other progressives. So he's in Ponce, Puerto Rico, uh, promising more money, storms. Did you know that uh, the Biden administration already released $1.3 billion to help Puerto Rico protect against disasters? $1.3 billion. Now he's given another $60 million. And this is what Biden does. He races around and just gives people money. Here, 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 here. And that, of course, ignites inflation. Trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars the federal government spends. Now, this is an amazing soundbite, and the White House will not comment on it. This is Kamala Harris talking about FEMA, federal money, being delivered to Florida. Go. It is our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and, and impacted by by issues that are not of their own making. And so we, absolutely. And so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. And if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities um, and, and do that work. So Florida says no. They're going to distribute the federal money and the state money, not based on skin color, which, of course, 
is the right way to do it. But Harris is basically saying, look, I don't care about equality. I care about equity. I want to favor certain groups that I, Kamala Harris, don't believe get a fair shake. And if it's a hurricane, a volcano, whatever it is, they're first in line. They'll get more. That's racism. That's what that is. Look it up. So the press, I guess, must have been Fox News, asks the White House, you agree with Harris? They won't say. All right, Biden probably didn't even know what she said. So I got a column I wrote, uh, filed every Sunday at noon, called Top of Mind about Biden wandering around on stage asking for Jackie, and Congresswoman Walorski, of course, is dead. Um, I hope you read the column um, on BillOReilly.com, but it goes back to the president's mental acuity. So I asked my staff, look, get me somebody who can explain not only Mr. Biden's circumstance, but the other six million people in America have been diagnosed with Alzheimer's and dementia? I mean, this is a huge problem. So uh, we went to uh, Dr. Carol Lieberman, who we've had on before. She is the host of Dr. Carol's Couch on voiceamerica.com. And she um, does a podcast, uh, the Terrorist Therapist Podcast. So she's around. She knows what's going on. Let's deal with the Jackie Wolarski situation first. When you saw that, what went through your mind? Well, it's just another typical sign of dementia that Biden is exhibiting. Um, You know, I have been talking about what I call Biden's encroaching dementia since he was in the basement and running for president. I mean, the signs were already there, but people were saying, oh, that's just those are just gaffes. That's that's nothing. And we have all seen uh, you don't have to be a psychiatrist to 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 realize this now. I mean, I, I do this kind of work as a forensic psychiatrist in cases where you have to determine if someone is competent, such as to sign a will or things like that. And um and I offer to give Biden that kind of test. But so these symptoms, he's showing memory problems. I mean, we, you know, so she was dead and he and he stumbles around another, not only memory, but when you have memory problems and you try to come up with stories to explain it so people don't realize that you don't remember or you don't know what you're talking about, you make up a story, he has that. He has um, emotional liability explosions, you know, calling people, saying really inappropriate kinds of things. But the worst... Uh, symptom of dementia that he has, it worst in terms of getting our country into trouble, is abstract thinking. There is in dementia a decrease in abstract thinking. That is where you can't hold at the same time in your mind um, hard concepts, complicated concepts. It's the kind of thing where chess players are really good. They they have good abstract thinking. They can think at the same time, at the same moment, they can figure out if I use that strategy, the other person's going to do that, and then I'll do this, and you know, down the line, or if I use that strategy, he can't hold all these different choices in his mind at the same time. And the, the most, the clearest way that we saw that was with Afghanistan, when the Taliban didn't cooperate with his plan A, what he thought was going to happen or wanted to have happen, uh, he was lost. He didn't have a plan B or C, and he was just lost. And we know what but a disaster it, that was. Is That might be re- the responsibility of some of his advisors. But let me let me get back to Jackie Walorski. Isn't it possible, being the president of the United States and having to deal with all kinds of stuff every day, that he simply forgot 
about this horrendous auto accident that took her life, that he just forgot about it. And people forget things, right? Well, if that was an isolated case, then yes, you could excuse him for that. You could excuse anyone. He did something even uh, worse a few months ago. He didn't remember the name of Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. He called him that guy who does something over there. I mean, he this is a constant, everyday kind of situation okay. where he's so forgetting from things. your perch as a psychiatrist, you see a man in decline. Now, my mother went through dementia. So I know firsthand because I would visit her all the time. I kept her in her own house. I didn't want her, you know, uh, I had 24 seven care on her. So there were days when she was clearer. She were days when, you know, we could have a conversation about what happened when I was a little boy and this and that, and, and she could do it. But other days when she couldn't do anything. Is that, is that how it usually goes? Well, dementia, you know, Alzheimer's, there are, there are many different types of dementia, and it really varies a lot with each person. So Alzheimer's is the most common. There's also vascular dementia. There's Lewy body dementia, and they share a lot of the same symptoms. Now, with Biden, uh, even though Alzheimer's is the most common, the most likely for him, I think, and of course, I haven't examined him, you know, physically, but... Um, the most common, uh, the most, the reason why I'm saying it's most likely that he has vascular dementia is because when he was in his 40s, he had two aneurysms and a brain bleed, and he had to have surgery for that. And he's on medication currently um, for atrial fibrillation, and so that that which is a um, uh, an arrhythmia of um, of the heart, and so you can have many strokes or what they're called they're called transient ischemic attacks, and that could explain some of these moments where he kind of just stares into space, or like when he finishes a talk and he you know is lost, he doesn't know how to get off the stage. There are those kinds of moments, but um, dementia is very you have to. You have to, first of all, take a cognitive test, a neuropsychological cognitive test to see how severe it is. And I offered to give that to Biden. So far, he hasn't taken me up on that. Um, and then you go to a neurologist and you do all kinds of other tests. As I'm sure you know, you know, PET scans, MRIs, all kinds of brain scans to find out what the root of it is, um, whether it's vascular or, uh, you know, some kind of Lewy body or even with Alzheimer's these proteins from decaying brain cells form in the brain. And that is what gets in the way of the connections, you know, of, of thinking clearly. Okay. But as people get older, they lose some mental acuity, everybody, correct? Well, it's, but it's so variable. You know, there are people who are 101 who are sharp as tacks. No, I know and that. There but there, there are certain things that decline physically and mentally as you get older. So I'm, yes. not, I'm not disputing your analysis of Biden. And the, the reason I'm doing this segment is that he's reached a point, in my opinion, where he's harming the country so much. But where are his advisors? Where is, where is his wife? I knew when my mother was going downhill, I knew. And I took steps to you know, make sure that she wasn't going to hurt herself or anybody else. Doesn't seem like yes. anybody in there is doing anything. 
Well, that's because the people who are pulling the strings behind Biden are, you know, just keeping him, putting him out there, keeping trying to fool the public for as long as possible so that they can do what they want, like the progressive things that you were just talking about uh, behind the scenes and just have him out there, you know, as the face. And it is so dangerous. I mean, just as an example. The, you know, we know Putin is uh, saber rattling with uh, with nuclear weapons and so on. And and uh, Biden, remember months ago when he said, for God's sakes, this man cannot remain in power. You know, and that is Putin's greatest fear. He's paranoid and he thinks that we want to take away his power from him and so on. And so Biden just says a comment like that offhand. And because he can't doesn't have abstract thinking, he can't hold different strategies uh, for how to yeah, do it. Yeah, he doesn't know what the unintended deal. consequences are of his actions. I think that's the most important thing, that he does what he's told to do. He doesn't understand what it could lead to, like the American fuel industry. You can't absolutely attack it and think that's going to not lead to inflation. Final question, though, Jill Biden. Jill Biden is, looks to me to be a, a woman who's in control of herself. She's got to know this, right? Doesn't she have to know this? Of course. It is really, it is, she just wants to be the uh, first lady more than she cares about the country and more than she cares about her husband making a fool of herself and more than she cares about trying to um, stop the progression of his dementia. You know, there aren't so far drugs that can cure these different kinds of dementias, but there are drugs that can slow the progression. And why she doesn't have her husband, you know, into seeing the best neurologist she can find to try to find some medication to slow down this progression. That would be the end, though. You know, if that ever got out, that would be the end. Well, yes, of course. Yes. You know, he'd have to resign. All right, doctor, we appreciate it. We hope you'll come back as the uh, events unfold. Unfortunately, I I think your assessment is pretty much right on. Okay, uh, January 6th committee, uh, you know, I don't bother with this because we all know what it is. They said they're going to release their final report before the midterm elections. Of course they are. That's what it was all about from the jump. It wasn't about finding out what happened. It was about demonizing Trump and the Republican Party probably two or three weeks before the election. They'll come out and they'll say it's all Trump's fault. He did this. Republicans did that and try to influence midterm elections. That's what's in play. Message of the day is dubious polling. Again, on BillOReilly.com, um, we have a message of the day. It's free for anybody in the world. Just go in, there's the message of the day. We post it about, I don't know, 8.30 in the morning, something like that. And it's different from the weekly column. Anyway, today I wrote about dubious polling. Be very skeptical. And there are two ways you can skew the polling. One is poll more Democrats than Republicans, because when the polls are given by the corrupt corporate media, they don't do methodology. We do. We do. We tell you, because the pollsters are required to put that out, we tell you who they interviewed. But most of the polls do more Democrats than Republicans, so you're going to get an answer. The answer that your corporate masters that are paying the poll people want. But the second way is more subtle and, and very, very hard to track. So there's always a big independent component, sometimes bigger than the two parties. Well, who are those independents? What the pollsters do on the left is they call places like San Francisco and Seattle. All right. And they say, oh, you're an independent, right? Do you, what do you think about this? Well, independents in San Francisco and Seattle and on the West Coast in general, are a lot different than they are in the South. So nobody's just independent right down the middle. They, they lean one way or the other. 
you could skew the poll by stacking it up in a liberal city. And that's what they do. All right. Very, very, uh, be very skeptical of polls, particularly now, the next five weeks leading into the midterm vote. Smart life. Okay. So I'm at a little uh, farmer's market in my town. And uh, it's right across the street from the grocery store. <laughs> now, the grocery store, their prices are set. You can get decent deals at the grocery store if you look and if you go certain days and you bulk up. But basically, the farmer's market is a lot cheaper than the grocery store. And you can bargain. You can bargain. You can get it down. You know, I'm a pretty good bargainer. And I can get it about 15%. You know, and I do it fun, funny. I don't really need that honey, but, uh, you know, I, I could probably get you to do, do this. Now, I don't do that a lot because I want the people to make as much money as possible. But sometimes I'll kid around with them and say, oh, what's your bottom line on, on this? Um, and then it's always lower. So if you go to flea markets and farmer's markets, and in the fall or everywhere, it's with people do, you could bring it down, particularly on groceries, a good substantial amount of money. Always when you bargain, be nice, be humorous, that kind of thing. And you usually get what you want. Stay in history, October 3rd, 1995. I was in L.A. Um, O.J. Simpson. Was I there at, at the verdict day? No, I wasn't. I wasn't there at the verdict day, but I had covered the trial. And uh, October 3rd, 1995, 27 years ago, Simpson's found innocent of killing his former wife and her friend. He was guilty. I, I covered a trial. I mean, he was guilty. There was no doubt he was guilty. It only took the jury four hours to acquit him. Here was the reaction by Nicole Brown's father. Ron and Nicole were butchered by their client. Do any of you believe otherwise? You have seen the evidence in this trial. It is overwhelming. This is not now the Furman trial. This is a trial about the man that murdered my son. All right, civil court found Simpson liable, as you know. Uh, awarded um, Fred Goldman $96 million. He'll never collect it. O.J. Simpson's now 75, lives in a gated community in Las Vegas after spending, I think it was seven years or nine years in a Nevada prison for uh, kidnapping and doing something else. But it was a shocking verdict. It was just absolutely shocking. Um, I remember where I was. I was at Harvard. I was finishing up my master's degree. And uh, everybody was in the forum at the Kennedy School. And as the verdict came in, everybody's there. People were shocked. I mean, they were like, and it was based on skin color. So, you know, I tell you, people believe what they want to believe. That jury from the jump wanted to believe, wanted to believe that O.J. Simpson was not guilty. And that glove thing gave them the reason. That's what they did. So all of the other massive evidence went out, and he was acquitted. Nothing you can do, that's our system. Okay, mail. Final thought coming up right back.
Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go to the mail. Do it. My liberal friends are quick to point out every small market downturn during the Trump administration as proof of his incompetence. If they ignore the fact that the markets are down 30% since Biden took over, or they blame Trump and praise Biden for somehow preventing it from being worse, no matter facts will convince some people. Well, why are they still your friends? See, one of the qualifications to be my friend is you got to be honest. You're not honest? Nope. Gary Necht. Where does Gary live? Gary, you didn't put your town in here. I should have thrown you out, Gary. Name and town. Anyway, I'm going to go with Gary. It's now October. Where's the Supreme Court whistleblower? <laughs> Not a whistleblower. It's somebody who stole um, Supreme Court documents and put them out. Yeah, FBI. Yeah. Okay. Dorothy, please tell me the country wouldn't be stupid enough to elect Gavin Newsom. I can't tell you that. Gavin Newsom, uh, when he runs for president, which he will, will have a war chest uh, financed by Hollywood, Katzenberg, Spielberg, these people. Uh, he'll have plenty of money. He's photogenic. He's a BS artist. We said that earlier. He's saying that uh, the MAGA states have more violent crime. It's not true. Um, but I can't tell you he's not going to run, and some people would vote for him. Kathleen, I differ with your assumption, Bill, that if DeSantis were chosen as VP, he would defer to Trump and move his residence. Okay, you can defer to whatever you want. That's speculation. I, if you don't believe he would, that's fine. I could be wrong. I'm just saying that a Trump-DeSantis ticket would be the strongest Republican ticket. And in order to make that a reality, Ron DeSantis would have to move to Georgia or any other state he wanted to. That's it. Elise. Bill, one of your best columns ever this Sunday. I chuckled throughout of your mind, mind over matter. But the seriousness of what we are seeing almost on a daily basis with President Biden is downright scary. It is scary. That's why I brought on the doctor. Absolutely scary. Georgina Marty, Ocala, Florida. I received Killing the Killers just as the hurricane was coming in. Great job with the book. I couldn't put it down. Well, I'm glad you're safe, Georgina. I'm glad you had enough power if you were reading at night. You know, Florida, I think this is a pretty good job down there. Looks to me to be organized, the recovery and everything. I got a lot of friends down in Florida. Two people I know got their whole existence wiped out. House gone, everything gone. They pulled out two days before and they packed up all their valuables and all their mementos and they came north. But that thing in Fort Myers down there, whew. Tom Henney, uh, Pinehurst, North Carolina. Hey, Bill, what better day to read a book than this rainy day in North Carolina? Thanks to Ian, although I've only gotten through Elvis, having read all of your killing books, one of the best 
written books yet, and your vocabulary is pansophical. Word of the day, pansophical? I like it. Look, uh, Killing the Legends, you wouldn't be disappointed if you checked that book out. Michael Sills, Brighton, Michigan, thank you for Killing the Legends. One of the most enjoyable reads I've had in a very long time. Bringing back many memories and providing glimpses of the scenes behind those memories. You bet, if you're a baby boomer and even the generation that came after us, you know these people. Okay, so uh, Bidgo, our uh, streaming partner, will give you a free copy of Legends, $15 off your monthly uh, Bidgo subscription, and a free three-month trial to premium membership on BillOReilly.com. That is a fabulous deal. As for us, if you become a premium member or a concierge member, we get Legends free or any of my other books. So we hope you check that out. Word of the day, do not be a blather skite. So you know about blather. But what about blather skite? S-K-I-T-E. Don't be that. Now I'll go to the final thought in a moment. All right, here is the final thought of the day. You know, annoyances happen every day to everybody. I, I don't know anybody gets through the day without one or two annoyances. So I used to react to all the annoyances. <laughs> I was so, I was so stupid. Um, I would just react. If somebody was annoying me, ah, right? Now I try, and not always successful, I try to say, okay, here's the annoyance. What's the solution to stop the annoyance? So take about 30 seconds, a minute, to try to figure out a solution. Now, in about 60, 70% of the cases, you could find a way to stop the annoyance, and, and most of the time, so it never happens again. But not in all cases, because you might be living with annoying people who do things over and over, and you tell them not to do it, and they still do it, and in order to stop them, you'd have to put a bag over their head, and you don't want to do that. So not all annoyances can be stopped with uh, circumspection. But the un, uh, and we're talking about this about Biden, okay? You got to know the consequences of your actions. And annoyances drive bigger problems, okay? So road rage, so you got to catch you off. Super annoying, right? Super, super annoying. Especially if the guy's all over the place, this and that. So if you respond to that and you cut him off or you curse at him or whatever, the unintended consequence, right? You might have a gun. Okay? Or he might hit your car. So you got to pull it. This is called self-discipline. You know, you don't want annoyances to blow up into major problems that cost you money. So you want to isolate the annoyance, find out if there's a solution to the annoyance. If there is not a solution to it, that becomes a problem. Annoyance then bolts into a problem, particularly if it's constant. But you got to be more, and I'm the poster boy, more analytical. That's the word, more analytical. And if you do follow my advice in the final thought of the day, your life will become a lot less stressful. So little things won't blow up into big things. There are some things like Hurricane Ian, talk about an annoyance, none of us can, nobody can stop it. It's just an act of God. 
And all you can do there is pick up, get up, and go forward. That's it. If you feel sorry for yourself, you can do all that. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. You lose your house and your livelihood and your car and your job. You feel sorry for yourself, okay. But you don't want that to overwhelm the emotion of, all right, I'm going to put it all back together. Anyway, I'm lecturing here. I don't want to lecture. But I know what everybody has in common watching and listening to the No Spin News tonight is that we all get annoyed. Step back from the annoyance and you will be a lot better off. Thank you for watching and listening the No Spin News. We will see you again tomorrow.